Welcome to the Latter-day Struggles podcast with therapists Brandon Patrick and Valerie Hamaker. Now, we have both been in the trenches for years with church members and heard about all kinds of problems, suffering, and struggles that church members have. We are here to have thought-provoking, honest, bold conversations about those false traditions that cause people harm. So let's go. Does the church really support free agency? Okay, Valerie. Hi, good morning. How are you? How's it going? I'm good. I'm well too. I'm doing really good. It's a good day to create a podcast, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So let's get right at it. Um, Talking about agency today. Yeah. um, When we talk about the church supporting agency, um, uh, fundamental to the the gospel and to our beliefs is this notion of of agency. I think it, I think it'd be helpful to understand what does that even mean? Yeah, this is actually, I know I tend to say this often, but this is really one of my favorite things to talk about. It is actually, to me, it's one of the most important, if not maybe the most fundamental part of uh, the heritage that we have as children of the divine. I mean, and I'm, I'm talking like, I've, as I've thought about this, Brandon, it's like agency trumps pretty much everything else in the eyes of the divine, meaning uh-huh. that it even trumps atonement, right? We can reject the gifts of the atonement with our agency. That's how important it is yeah. <laughs> to yeah. our parents in heaven, yep. right? I mean, like, whoa, that kind of blows my mind. And so our capacity to choose is, is so important to what it means to be here in this earth and to learn and to grow and to be made over in the image of the divine, to have those choices and to be able to use our own autonomy. So, uh, well, it's a well <laughs> Valerie, ac- according to our beliefs, the reason why you and I are here on this earth is because we fought a war in heaven right. um, over this very principle. You, you got it, and that's I think that's a beautiful way to kind of continue on what I'm what, what we're, we're we're building together, which is the capacity to choose is what actually gave us like our, our, our ticket to, to mortality. Mm-hmm. And it's also the thing that we are continuously needing to um, manage in our relationship with institutions <laughs> at, mm-hmm. you know, that, that want to um, you know, help us, but also in some ways aren't helping us with this God-ordained gift of agency. Sometimes when you think about like a parent-child relationship, if, if we're looking at littles, like really little kids, mm-hmm. um, what we really want more than anything is we want them to be safe. We don't want them to, to be choosers because right, they, right, they, right. they might do something that hurts themselves. And so we limit their agency between, you know, when the, and I mean, and rightfully so, right? If, I'm, if I've got a toddler, I'm not going to let her run out into the road, right? And yet at the same time, the work that I do, I think, as a competent parent in the system of my home is to actually help my child learn how to use her agency so that in that way I work myself out of a job. I want her to become uh, a steward of that beautiful gift that God gave us. If you're hovering over that child and forcing them in order to forcing them to be be safe yeah. their whole life, then what they're what they're not going to be able to experience is is learning and growth right. that helps them become strong, it which is. helps them be individuals and which is why we're here. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, after all, if you take a step back, it's like, wait a second, what are we here for again? We're actually here to to eventually become, you know, we have the divinity, we have the DNA of the divine coursing through us all day, right. every day of our lives. And so, but the, the whole idea there is that as we grow and develop, we need to be practicing that beautiful divine and fundamental gift of our own agency. Let me offer to you, if I may, um, kind of a comical story. Um, this may or may not surprise any of you guys out there, but I have a couple of very, very um, feisty grown-up daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine, I Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> who parent who parented them shocking right <laughs> i mean my husband and i have really pondered that before because sometimes i'm like where did they get this sass from <laughs> he just stares at me like really uh -huh. <laughs> um although i will say i have been far more orthodox in my younger years and um of course they didn't respond well to that and uh -huh. because i think they came as very very strong spirits right free and souls so, exactly they did and so anyhow we're um, one of my kids is um, it started well, both of them are at uh, universities in different sides of the country, and one of them said she met with um, her the bishop in the singles ward. And my daughter is she she is really grappling and doing a beautiful job of trying to find herself in her in her in her authentic place of faith. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to go to church. She wanted to be active. Um, and so she sits down and meets this good bishop who I know means well. I'm 100% sure he means well. And she said, right now, I'm adjusting to school. I'm busy. I'm doing this, that, and the other. She says, it's not, um, it's not a good time for me to, to, to accept a calling. Um, and then this is the phone call I got from her. She said, Mom, his response was, that's not how it works around here. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. And so my sweet daughter didn't say this to him, but she says, well... I had to tell him how it worked around here. Which is <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Isn't that great? And so the beautiful thing is um, some weeks passed and, and she ends up deciding she wants to go to a family ward for a variety of reasons and found the bishop and asked for a calling. Oh, interesting. Because uh. she wasn't, she got to use her moral agency and she wanted, she decided, you know, mom, I miss being in the primary. I love the children. And so she went and approached them because she was given her capacity to be an autonomous soul with her agency. And she chose into what was good, true and right for her. It was a beautiful right. thing to just stand by and watch, to be honest. Right. It's, I want to come back to that comment. That's not how it works around here. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just Valerie, you telling that story and your daughter saying to a bishop, um, I, I'm, I'm not ready to accept a calling. Yeah. All of the things inside of my head and the way I was raised and are like, oh my gosh, that's a huge like no no. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're in college and you're like, you go yeah. to church and church tells you what to do and right. you accept that calling and that's exactly what what you do and how you move forward. Yeah. Um, that's and your programming speaking, right? That's that's yeah, that's your programming speaking. Yes. 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 And 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 for us to support your daughter's thinking of. Yeah her using her agency to be yes. able to discern in her life what works for her and what doesn't work for her. Yes. For us to support that almost feels counter to yes. the culture of the church and what should be. Like how yes. how dare we how dare we say that that bishop um sh you know shouldn't force her and right. guilt trip her into into that calling. And well, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting that um, my husband and I, as we were listening to this sort of play out, I I think it's so important for us to help to help ourselves and to help others like recognize the complexity, right? First of all, I do believe he meant well. He wants sure. her to be involved. He wants her to be integrated. His heart is sure. right. And yet that still doesn't justify that kind of um, forcefulness, right? And I mean, the, the psychology mom, you know, when I put my psychologist hat on, I'm listening to her and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we are always, as human beings, we're always playing this tug of war in every relationship with the desire for connection and the, and the need for autonomy. You okay. And, yes. And the more someone imposes, like mandates connection, mandates that you need to be near me, you need to do this, you need to do that. Actually, what we like reflexively do, you know, our God given like way of like wanting to be, you know, agents into ourselves, we will back away. Right? Yes. And yes. so I'm listening to her thinking to myself, you know what? Bless his heart, he's trying to do well by her, but by kind of in some like, you know, a little bit subtle ways, sort of like taking her agency from her, it's going to backfire. Well, and, and the fact of the matter is, is he does not have the ability to take right. her agency from her. And that's the beautiful thing. Yeah, no. Um, and, but your daughter knows that. A lot of members yeah. of the church don't feel that yes. or know that. Your daughter's strong enough to say to look that bishop in the eye and say, hey, even if your heart is good yeah. in trying to compel me to do this calling, yeah. I still can take your feedback. Yes. I can use that as feedback. Yeah. And I can still connect to God and make this decision, which is my decision through yes. my agency as to what I desire to do. It, it's, um, it's all about psychological freedom. And I think that's what we need to be. You and I ought to be talking about psychological freedom like every single, every single time we talk because we have, that is the gift that we need to be cultivating. The spiritual gift of psychological agency or psychological freedom is we take general principles, which is, you know, is it nice to be included in a congregation? Is it, is it generally helpful? Yeah, I mean, that's a great general, it's a good foundational principle. But then I use my psychological freedom to decide how that looks for me because I actually have direct access to the divine. I don't have to go through you or a bishop or an institution. I actually, for things that pertain to my lived experience, I can go straight to the source. So, so let's come back to uh, Satan's plan uh, for a second. Yeah. So Satan's plan was, you know what, let's set up a system where everybody falls into it. They don't have agency and they automatically act a certain way and live a certain way. And that's, that's how it works. Yeah. Right. Um, and in a way, like that's the very safe thing to do because we can just force, and, and, and that word force is important. Um, we can force them back into heaven, or so to speak, right? right? Yeah, get the outcome and we want. Get the outcome that we want and mm -hmm. desire. Um, Christ's plan, Christ came along and said, no, like, how about this? Let's let people learn and grow, make their own decisions. Let's have them fall. Mm. Um, and through that growth, let's let, let's let them let's let's provide a, an atonement and but let them learn and grow okay so so here's the thing there there's there's an element to christ's plan here that is is not certainty it's not force and it's not certainty there's a vulnerability to it 
Absolutely. Which is, oh my gosh, Valerie gets to think for herself. She gets to make her own decisions. Uh, Valerie might have certain consequences and outcomes in her life that like, yikes, I, I don't want her to have those things. Right. But And that's, I think that's scary a little bit. It is and, scary. Yeah. yeah. And at church, it's scary, right? Um, that 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 we're, it's easy for church to come around and say no, like read your scriptures, pray, go to church every single Sunday, um, until you get to the temple, get on a mission, get married. That's what you do. There's no there's no decision about it. That's how you fall into line. And that's what you're supposed to do, it's, right? It, it's a frightening proposition if you think about it, Brandon, because what you're describing is, it is Satan's plan. <laughs> it's, in other words, it's, it's, I don't want you to hurt yourself and I want you to gain eternal life. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do the hard cognitive and psychological and spiritual wrestling for you so that you we can ha- we can all have this desired outcome but that just that's that's where we have to think about what exactly is the optimal desired outcome is it to create little um human automatons mm-hmm. that actually don't grow or is the de- desired outcome that that valerie becomes fully who valerie was here in this world to become bumps and bruises and mistakes and all because i'm of the belief that that is why I am here. And that is why you are here. And that is why my children are here. And that's why we have to grapple with the messiness of using our moral agency and sometimes having to to do what feels like um, very, very courageously pushing back and saying, it's not appropriate for you to tell me how to live my life. I appreciate and I wanna follow the general principles, but like childbearing, marriage, career, like. There are certain things where it's like, get back in your lane with all due respect. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> you know? Right. I, yeah. I, I like that word, automatons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but make no mistake about it, Valerie. Like what we're saying uh, is very subtle, I think, yeah. at, at church, but is very real. It's pervasive. It, it's pervasive. Mm-hmm. Of there, there are systems in place, subtle systems mm-hmm. of control. Yeah that push you into this is what I need to do in order to get back to heaven in order for my bishop, my parents, my everybody Mm -hmm. to, to accept me. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to, when I'm 22, 23, get married, um, childbearing, you know, I'm supposed to stay home and be a a mother and love being a mother. Like that's what I should do. That's what I'm supposed to do. Well, I think that's Um, a good clue, Brandon, when we start shooting ourselves, or supposed toing ourselves, we have to peel back a few of the layers and start really, really um, deconstructing who and how we have sort of how we have. Where did that come from? Where what is are those it coming givens? from? What are the givens, and are we seeing them as givens, or are we or are we able to like constructively look at those? Use our what I would hope to become critical awareness skills, which is what I really want to help people cultivate who are. Our, our listening audience is like, I get to take general principles that are whole. Like, let's just let's just talk about like, I, I've talked a lot about this, but it matters to me. It's my own story. Do I fundamentally appreciate feedback that that motherhood is divine in nature? 100%. That, okay. that is a general principle that I appreciate learning from my, my childhood. 
Now, when, when someone outside then imposes on me the details of how that plays out in my very unique life, that, that ceases to be a, a blessing to me and starts to be a burden that I bear because then I am losing, well, and it makes me feel like I'm in the position of losing my agency Yes. in the face of needing to be obedient. And in my world where I live, I believe that agency and conscience always has to trump obedience. Right. Yes. Okay. So here's some, here's some examples. Um, I mean, we're talking about the motherhood example, which I think is, is a very, I mean, it's so there. It's so, yeah. People of our generation are, well, I think we're the trauma survivors of that. (laughs) I I agree. And I think we're the change agents. Yes. Um, But call it out. Best parenting advice I ever got was, you know, stop trying to be what you should be. And your mm-hmm. your children need Brannon. They need you. Yes. They they and so so step into who you are with them. Yes. Um, but but that goes against all of the systems that yeah. that should on on you, right? Well, and, right. And I think it just goes back to the general principles. Is you know is family something? Is it is is relationship and intimate relationship, whether it be intimate partners or parent child or whatever are those things sacred in nature because those are the those are the 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 playgrounds of where we learn how to be more like our our divine parents so do they matter yeah they matter a lot and so i can i can take that principle all day long that it's it's important relationship is important sure and yet then it from where i sit like honoring and just thinking that agency is so, so important to my own divine growth, then I get to take that principle and prayerfully take that to my, my divine parents and, and, and my partner. And right. then we determine how that looks for us. And then the beautiful thing is, Brandon, when we do it that way, guess what? We have ownership of it and we cultivate something that as we struggle and things like that, it's mine. I own it. Right. Right. I don't have to resent anybody for doing for for this is the problem when we when we hand over our agency and that you know then we resent service, we resent because yep. it's like I did the right thing why am I not happy well the fact of the matter is we've self betrayed yep yep you have betrayed yourself mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. I got to tell you this story so my my oldest daughter came to me and she said Dad I want to get a second earring yeah um in both my ears the dreaded second earring yeah yeah can I get a second <laughs> earring Dad um, and it was funny, my response, because I immediately remembered Gordon B. Hinckley's talk about <laughs> we don't get second earrings, which is really an interesting I know, thing, it's adorable how, like, time like on. exactly, yeah. but like, of all the things that that's the thing that we are like, I mean, your daughter, we know where she's headed, Brandon. Yeah, I know, like, that's I, where, I, that's I, the desire of her heart. That's she she like punched that. her ticket, you know, to, she's not going to that's the That's the gateway kingdom. to hell. <laughs> Well, here, so so here's how it played out. As I said, I said to her, I said, "Is it something that you feel good about? Is it something that you want?" Yeah. And um, and she said, "Yeah." And I said, "Okay." I said, "Just take a little time. Just mm-hmm. think through it. Make sure you're clear on it, and that's what you want." Yeah. Um, and she she did, and she went and got a second earring. Mm-hmm. And I know to many people, I'm a horrible dad, and. I went against the prophet and blah, 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 right? Well, here's the thing. So, so 
And by the way, it looks great. I really yeah. like her second earring. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty neutral experience, if you really Yes. Yeah, so, so she pause. goes to, <laughs> pretty neutral, right? Yeah. She goes to school and she has a friend and her friend wants a second earring. And her friend goes to her mom and says, I want oh, a second I see earring. Where this is headed. And the mom says, everybody who gets a second earring is messed up. Like they're not on a good track. They're not doing well. Wow. And the friend says, that's not true. I have a friend named Sandy who's mm -hmm. who's awesome and who's amazing. And the mom actually came to school to meet my daughter. To, <laughs> to, to so, so the mom yeah. could see somebody who's not messed up with a second earring, right? Man. Here's my point. Yeah. When we talk about compulsion, uh, this has to do with tattoos, earrings, yeah. um, long hair as a man. Like yeah. all of the, we're supposed to be a certain way and and there's subtle subtle messages that say oh no you don't yeah. you better not right yeah you don't turn down callings you don't get a second earring you don't live that way and and we, all, we always come back to this valerie but it's that wrestle yes. with god that that really matters for my daughter to take a moment and say i'm really going to check this out with god right. for your daughter to take a moment and say i'm gonna check this out with god do i want a calling do i not want a yeah. calling yes. i'm gonna use my agency as I wrestle with God and yes. try to connect with God to make this decision. Um, yeah. and, and if I feel peace about it, if the whole church, if, if everybody's saying you better not, mm -hmm. then you better because you're feeling peace about it between yes. you and God. Because <laughs> right? we, we take things directly to God. And I, I suspect what your daughter was probably going through is something that again, she didn't live in the, like the mandate, it, it feels like it's faded a little bit. I mean, in some ways it hasn't, but she didn't live through like the day when it came down this big earring. She didn't, this no. Big earring commandment, right? <laughs> and, so, and so she's probably looking at it from a place of, um, of neutrality, thinking to herself, you know what, Dad, I, I just don't see the big deal. Why is this such because a big deal? Because the fact of the matter is it's not a big deal other than the fact that I think in some ways it has become a form of virtue signaling like yes like this is like you're, you're 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 deciding you're telling me what side of the line you're on based yes. on the number of like tiny little gold studs that are in your ears and i mean i think we need to just take a pause and think about that and i know i i know because i've been this is the beauty about like my own development i've been on the other side i get it because what 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 the folks you know that are over there like listening and a little scandalized are saying is like well but it's this is metaphorical this is right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> this has nothing to do with earrings. Right. It has to do with following a prophet. And right. and what I would actually counter to that is this does have this has nothing to do with earrings. It has to do with spiritual development and deciding that like I look at general principles and then I govern myself because I am in connection with God. I love Brandon that you didn't point her to a human. You pointed her to her her God. Right. Right. Isn't it interesting, the whole vaccine thing right now and what's happened with the church with that? Mm -hmm. um, the church came out pretty strongly, yeah. get a vaccine. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and then the blowback and just the things that have happened and the church has since shifted to this is between you and God and yeah. make your decision. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But there, there's people on both ends of, right. of the, the spectrum, th those saying, well, the prophet said it, so do it. Which is um, kind of the, you know, again, it's, it's, it's the programming, right? Right. And yet right. Th those same folks were, the, were some of the ones that had the hardest time in this particular case. Like, and I think we do. Like, it's challenging to want, to want, 
we're, we all, we're all tempted to want to sort of cherry pick what works for us. Right. Um, the, e- think, the easy stuff. Like, right. yeah, just go well, along with that yes, one. And, and so, but that's where I think at the end of the day, what matters the most is that I am doing all that I can as a child of God to develop myself so that my, so that I'm discerning correctly, because you're right. The gift of agency means that, yes, I may do right, but also that means that, yes, I may do wrong. And in either case, there will be some learning and growth involved. Yes. Right. And so, yes. so we, that's, I think why sometimes I, I guess just from where I sit, it feels like maybe we are um, infantilized. We're treated as very small children in the church because mm-hmm. there, there, there might be on some level, a feeling that we are not trustworthy. We are not smart enough to make choices that will either, you know, the right choices or even the wrong, like there's, there's this sense of like, you can't do that. Let me just do that for you. And, um, and so we have to like, as a body, as a membership, I think it's so important that we become really committed to our own spiritual development, moving through phases of phases of faith development, which means being courageous enough to challenge whatever we learn anywhere in science and faith. And like, it's it's important as human beings that we are willing to live outside of the validation of the big people. Yes. We are willing to think and feel and discern and ask questions. And, um, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not about being disrespectful, but to respectfully say, I don't agree with that. That doesn't feel right. According to my experience. Right. Yeah. And if you if you look in the in the scriptures, not to get too preachy, but you look at prophets and that yeah. they are people who stood in truth. Yeah. Um, and regardless of what the culture and even religion at times was telling yeah. them that 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 they should be, um, you know, and I could go down a list of of people in the in the scriptures that do that very thing. So the culture at the time saying this is truth, this is what's right, and they mm-hmm. say, uh uh-uh, uh. Yeah, and then work. they get burnt they get burned at the stake. Yeah. Well right. I mean I think we could begin at the very beginning and just say that um, you know, my personal hero, um, you know, was a, a feminist is Eve. Mm-hmm. She heard the, you know, she heard her options and she discerned and she thought it through. And Adam, who kind of represented like the the straight and narrow orthodox, he's like, yep. ah, bad idea. We can't do that. And Eve's like, I, oh, I love this example. I respectfully decline. I don't yes. agree. This is not best for us. This is not best for me. And so she courageous. Like we live, we have a faith tradition, Brandon, that supports agency, that supports freedom of choice, that supports pushing back. And and yet it seems in some ways like now in the here and now that is that is fading away and there's a lot of shaming and blaming and experiencing people who who do speak up even respectfully as being um, problematic and and as being unfaithful and unrighteous whereas we are actually some of the most vigorous searchers of truth we're the the the, the lovers of faith more so than I think we're getting credit for. Well, it's a, it's the very I think kind of pinnacle like principle of our beliefs. You know, I, I love that you're using even as, ex, as an example of somebody who went against what should be done. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the interesting part of that is look what she was fighting for. She was saying, exactly. let's practice our agency. Exactly. Let's instead of live in this um, perfect place, safety, 
right? Safe, just, perfect. Yeah. Obedience. Just do what you're told. Just keep yeah. quiet. Right. But we don't know what we got here. This garden, it's, it, it ain't that beautiful not, here, yeah, Adam. We, yeah. we can't appreciate it. And, yeah. and so let's step into our agency and take a bite of that fruit. Yes. Right. Yes. And introduce into, you know, into complexity. And I think that's another thing that we struggle with, especially those who are sort of more orthodox is, is there is something very comforting about, you know, all, you know, being, being the only one in true church and having all the answers and like the plan of salvation is 100% figured out. And I feel bad for those poor people out there who don't get it. You know, it's like, there's something very, um, in some ways it's a lot of, there's a lot of arrogance and hubris to that. Mm -hmm. And it's also sort of comfortable. Like I don't have to sit in the anxiety of like not knowing. And, right. and so, so if you can tell me, you know, um, at the general level, all the things I should do and think and feel, and it's just a warm, cozy blanket wrapped around me and I can just sort of fall it's that, spiritually it, It's asleep. that garden of Eden <laughs> it's just, that you don't appreciate or know or... It's wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. And so the, 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 the striving and the grappling that you and I engage in every time we talk is about growing our souls up and using that moral agency because that is exactly what we're here to do. And it's not most, most really good growth. Guess what? It's not, it's not very comfortable. Right. Right. Uh, so, okay. A, a deeper question for you here, Valerie, if I, let's say I go through my life, just, just living the commandments as much as I possibly can. And I never grapple. Um, I was talking to someone last week and they said, uh, someone else was saying, isn't it good to doubt? Like, shouldn't you like explore some of those doubts? And he said, well, why, why doubt? I wouldn't change anything about my life. Mm. Um, and, and so I guess my question is, is that person who just sits in the safety of follow, just do, just do, yeah. just do, don't really yeah. practice that wrestle. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, are they, are they progressing toward toward God, toward getting back to heaven, if they sit in that safe place um, of compulsion and automatic thinking. Yeah, I think, I think it's, um, I've, I've been, I, I, I'm thinking about something that our current prophet talked about, and he, he used something that I, I don't really like how he said this, but it's, he did, and so I'm going to go ahead and repeat it, as he called some of us lazy learners. Um, and I didn't, I, I felt like I'm not into name calling <laughs> for anybody <laughs> and that feels unkind to me uh -huh. and um and so i thought it was interesting that i think what was being said there was was attributing not being vigorously interested in the study of the gospel of the church history of the plan of salvation and yet at the same time i'm thinking to myself i as a questioner as a doubter as um as someone who is striving for truth, even if it makes other people really angsty, mm -hmm. you know, family, mm -hmm. friends, board members, whatever. Um, I've never been less of a lazy learner in my whole life. I'm actually doing exactly what my divine parents want me to do. And I think, I think if I may say it's a little bit, um, it's, it feels on the one hand, like, the right choice to sort of just go along and follow everything and be very black and white. But I don't believe that's what we're here in this earth to do. I think we're here on this earth to progress and to become more like our heavenly parents. And until we are able 
to discern and to use our agency, even in the face of very scary things like social issues in the church where we have to look and look, look at, look at them and like really discern and think about like, what's loving? How is this? How does this feel in the face of my lived experience? And, and, and then think to myself, I have to sit in the discomfort of both wanting to be a part of what I believe to be an, an institution that, that, that carries inspiration and also inside of something that is not sometimes inspired or even correct. That's forceful. It's yeah. forceful or that's, that's mandating me to believe a certain thing that, is, that goes against my conscience. Can I hold yes. the tension of wanting to stay in and reform and be a voice of reason, a voice of good, a voice that I think is in where I feel like in my own role, I'm being instrumental in God's hands. That's way harder, way harder than, than being the orthodox person that just sort of goes along and challenges nothing like that. If I may say, if if we're going to, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to call anybody lazy, but if if we're going to use that word, (laughs) I would actually go in the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, and, and yet we've, we've been told once again, I think once again, our programming comes up where, it's almost like we know, how do I say this? I have personally been programmed that if someone is a challenger, that is, you know, it's like, we know what that means. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like, boy, I sure respect that. That's bold. That's brave. It's mm-hmm. more like, oh, you know, that's, you know, she, that's Pro- pride, that's pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Bad someone, apostasy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and that to me is I'm having to like, I have been as I've been doing my own personal work and study in this is it's like, I am also having to like, my, it's like my Mormon brain flips back and forth, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I'm following conscience. And I, I believe that I have um, the affirmation from my divine parents about the work that I'm doing. And yet at the same time, I do also have like a running narrative of like, what they what they think, what, right. what the old me thought of this version of me doing the things I'm doing. Right. Right. Yes. And it's like, yes. okay, here we go. Let's manage the complexity of this because I feel called and I, I don't need to answer to anybody in my but, church. But, right? but, but you know what, Valerie, the, I mean, at the question at the beginning, you asked me, like, do we want to put free agency on there? And the, the new version of you, I would imagine, is much more free. Oh, yeah. So, so like, you're, 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 as, you, as you practice your agency, you have this peace, you have this freedom yes. rather than this, like, this ball and chain. Yes. feeling like I have to, I'm forced to, you're, you're stepping into your power now yes. instead of creating more force. Yes. Um, which, which, and, and, and as I say this, you understand it because you've been through it. Yeah. Um, I've been through it myself where let go of the guilt, let go of the compulsion, decided to worship in a way that is about my heart and my connection to God. And, and and to fight for truth and as i've done that like the heavy weight the the feelings uh, at church the guilt the shame the, yeah. that that dissipates yes. um because you're more congruent with yes. yourself and with with sitting in truth um yes. i i i want to give you an example valerie um covid so there's been some ancillary benefits to covid that, like <laughs> some good stuff Right. And it's really interesting when we went a year or so without having to go to church. Um, <laughs> it, you know, 
you ask members of the church, why do you go to church? And they're like, well, I, that's what I should do. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I do at nine o'clock on a Sunday. It's always been there. I get up and I go to church. (laughs) And if, if you don't go to church, that's bad. Well, all of a sudden it's like, Hey, you can't go to church. And what do you know? Like people's lives didn't totally fall apart when they didn't go to church. And I think they realized, huh, that's odd. I thought I had to go to church in order for my life not to fall apart, you know? And so like, I'm okay. I'm okay not going to church. What's happening here. Right. And, and that kind of immature way of, of following or the easy way of following is I just go to church because I should go to church. Yeah. I turn my brain off and just do what I've always done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But COVID's kind of presented this thing of like, oh, like, like, why do I, why, why do I go to church? Right. I don't have to for my family and my life to be okay. Um, If I choose into going to church, what does that mean? It changes the way that I experience church. Right. If I choose into not going to church and some, some days, Valerie on Sundays, I'll drive up in the mountains for two hours Mm -hmm. instead of go sit in elders quorum where I'm not feeling God's love. And, and like, is that okay? Right. I'm choosing that. I, my, my agency helps me discern what I need. Right. Well, I think, I think you, your, your point is an excellent one that I think, the um the covid stay at home church <laughs> experience we we all had very very interesting i think we i think we could just tell stories about that forever right because i think once again church and the 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 idea of gathering with with fellow messy broken human beings in a common cause to worship the divine has some very beautiful potential aspects to it yes um, and also, it, all, it, it can be something that has become rote and mind-numbing and downright painful for some people. And right. so, yes, and so, and so I think that everyone's experience with church comes with all the baggage of their own experience of and stories with their own faith and spiritual and religious backgrounds, training, development, things like that. But what we noticed in my home is that we were able like my husband and i were were more so than ever conscientious about what our children wanted and needed in our personal flavor of worship Mm -hmm. and um we made it fun we made it i i because i'm a play therapist too i we did um miniature character renditions of all the cool stories in the book of mormon Mm-hmm. And I introduced some far more palatable sacrament experiences every single <laughs> week. I introduced uh, brownies and muffins and all sorts of delicious breads. And they were, mm-hmm. you know, we, we wanted to be as spiritual as possible. So if it was a, you know, if it was a sweet roll, we made sure it was a good size sweet roll that everybody got to eat. <laughs> and um, my, my cute husband was a little scandalized by this because, you know, that was weird and different. And yet at the same time, my children have never actually looked forward to the sacrament where we spent our time eating our sweet rolls for sometimes mm-hmm. 10 minutes mm-hmm. instead of 30 seconds and thinking about our relationship with God. And I thought to that, you know, I said to my husband, I thought to myself, how can this be bad? Just because I'm not, you know, eating a broken piece of stale bread from, you know, you know. But, but Valerie, it's, it sounds so unorthodox, right? Isn't and that so, beautiful, right? Yeah. Because, and, and, and yeah. 
that's the point, right? Well, Isn't that my, beautiful? I wanted my children. This was very studied, Brandon. I want my children to want to be in relationship with their faith. I want them to want to be in relationship with the divine. Yeah. And so if I suck all of the joy and fun and gladness and beauty out of it, then yeah, I'm, I, we may be able to fear monger them into, <laughs> you know, the box checking, temple attending, somewhat orthodox, but fear oriented misery that a lot of people live in. Right. Or I might be able to cultivate in myself and in my children, something that looks like this autonomous, lovable, kind and friendly and flexible relationship with God. If my church right. helps me do that, then all the better. But if it doesn't, I'm going to move in <laughs> with people that in my influence, and I'm going to do whatever I can to help them feel that kind of relationship with church and with God. Right. It's, it's so interesting. Like, on one hand, we wait to baptize people until they're eight, because then they have the, the agency to choose whether they get baptized or not. But such a fascinating age, because mm -hmm. do they really at eight? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. and so, and, and that's kind of my experience, been my experience with the church is we, we believe so deeply in this principle of agency, free agency. We believe so much in it, yet do we live it? Do we actually live it? I, I was asked last week, like, do you want your son to go on a mission? And um, I was also asked, did you really choose to go on a mission? Hmm. And, and no, I mean, all of my cousins, <laughs> my brothers, my everybody, my dad, like, that's what you, that's what you did when you were 19. Right. All my friends were going, everything. Yeah. Um, and the, the answer about my son is, I loved my mission. It was a great experience for my life. I'd love for him to have similar experiences. And, but I want him to go on a mission by using his agency he wants to, go on a mission. to make that decision yes. to go. And if he chooses not to, I will full-heartedly support him if, if, if he, can, he can say, yeah, like yeah. I, this is what I'm feeling that God does not want me to go. I will support yeah. him in that. Yes. Um, I, I wasn't afforded that when I was 19 years old. Well, um, I think it just all comes down to, at the end of the day, Brandon, are we, is our religion truly about growing the soul? Because if we're really about growing the soul, we have to let people choose. And it can't be mandated. It can't, there can't be guilt imposed on us. There can't be shame imposed. There can't be reputation imposed. And, and, and so if we, if we pull all those back and a child chooses not to go on a mission in your case mm -hmm. even though he may actually you know not benefit from some cool experiences that you had mm -hmm. you know what he's growing closer to the divine by nature of the fact that he's practicing his agency and he will have the opportunity to learn and grow from the fact that he chose not to and it may always be the right choice for him he may never regret it or he may look back and go man I think I might have missed a cool opportunity. And that's his journey. And that's his journey. Between him and God. Yes, it's not and about you. It's not about me. It's not about the bishop and the, the statistics of how many missionaries we send out. But it's Valerie, like, yeah. if my eight-year-old daughter, I just baptized her a, a year ago. If yeah. my eight-year-old daughter came to me and said, Dad, I, I don't have a testimony yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not ready. Yeah. Um, am I really supposed to say good for you? Or am I supposed to say... Well, like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> let's just get you in that water. Well, I mean, um, 
I think it, it, it kind of changes and shifts a little bit as children are younger, you know, like actually younger um, children, we want to cultivate in them a confidence that they're making an informed choice. So if she were to actually come to, if my, one of my children came to me and said that, I would say I would be super proud of their like yes. maturity that like, wow, you're taking this seriously. Like this is a big deal to you. And if this is yeah. something like, well, let's as a family work together, talk, talk about it. Let's answer your questions. If you had like, I would actually really be very, very impressed and I'm excited about a child that had the capacity at the age of seven to to do that. I, I know. Wouldn't that be incredible? That would yeah. be incredible. That yeah. would be incredible. I think the thing that frightens me far more is a whole different scenario, which is somebody who's twice or three or four times that age that that wouldn't dare <laughs> speak up or has mm -hmm. even like gone so far as to quieting their own consciences down if anything occurs to them in their in their church life that doesn't feel right, that they learn right. to dull that sensitivity in a service of obedience and fear. How that's, many, that's how, a big how deal. many, how many people are sitting in church week in and week out who mm -hmm. do that? Right. Yes. And I, th and, I think, yeah, oh, I was just gonna say, I think there's a difference between when you and I go in and are active in our, in our wards and congregations, we, we are not silencing those fears or the, I'm not, not fears as much, but silencing our concerns and our doubts We're we're coming in with our eyes wide open, wanting to worship the divine, wanting mm -hmm. to partake of the sacrament and doing so from a place of our own integrity, because we're not, we're not sitting there to placate. We're not sitting there to, um, to manage our image. We're sitting right. there as like, as completely like coherent, authentic, beings that are they're allowing the institution that we you know that we're a part of to be complicated and complex and we're also trying to be agents for change right big difference right. than being quiet and resentful right and and that's been a work in progress for me for sure yeah me too. Uh, um you know and, and i just want to say and we got to wrap up here but you know those people who are just compelled you can go through your entire life yeah um, that way and, and but there's consequences to it and in, in, in you know in my in in the private walls of my office I hear those consequences yes. um, resentments toward God um, feeling a lack of purpose a lack of alignment um, you know not feeling like you 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 have the the space to 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 wrestle to really discover and because I just have to do, 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 yeah. as I'm told. And it kills the soul. It stifles it, it, the soul. Yes. Yeah, it stifles the soul, mm -hmm. and which which then all kinds of mental health problems yeah. are, are a result of that. And so there's a reason why we're talking about this, Val Valerie, because we see the consequences of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate <laughs> the discussion, Valerie. Me I think too. it's one, I, I feel like we could go on for hours with yeah. this, so... Yeah. Um, all right, you guys, if you uh, liked this episode and you have the courage to share it, please share it. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast. Thanks. Bye, guys. <laughs>